stress is killing you. I want to delve into chronic illness and the healing process. Chronic illness should really be termed lifestyle choices, in my opinion. What we decide to eat, what we decide to work at, and how we run our relationships govern the health of our bodies. My medical Qigong teacher used to say, 90% of all illness is derived from stress. Then I noticed Joe Dispenza, who was quoting, 95% of all illness is stress-related. Today, I'm updating that to 100%. Always one to up the ante. I wanted to get into the running before somebody else trumped me. When we uh, posited, sorry, posed this question to another Chinese teacher, he thoughtfully questioned that with the word viruses. I also wondered about accidents as a category that didn't really fit into my 100%. I finally eradicated both of the above categories, and let me explain why. In the Chinese language, the character for busy holds the idea of lose one's mind. I love that. Rushing about like headless chickens, all too frequently getting nothing done, busy. It's when we lose our minds that accidents happen. I wasn't paying attention to, uh, people trip over, they bump into objects and other people, and accidents happen. Have you ever had an accident that was caused by you happen when you were carefully and mindfully doing something? If you were alert and aware to your surroundings, it could be argued that even the actions of another shouldn't affect you. But in busy life, we concentrate on what we are doing and we miss out on the actions of others. Viruses, nasty little things. Through the millennia, we've had to adapt to deal with them. What normally needs to happen is that when we have a short, brutal battle with a virus and then afterwards, we never have to go through that again. Why do some people not get infected? Some people get off very, very lightly. Some people suffer immensely, if not pass away totally. We're now seeing that the present viral round, that two-thirds of all hospital admissions come from people who have one or two comorbidities. The usual killers join the list. Heart disease, diabetes, cancer and obesity. These people are classified as at risk and should be vaccinated. The rest of us should look to our bodies to protect us. Every year through my 30s and 40s, I had two or three bouts of flu or a very, very heavy cold towards the end of the year. I had a pretty unhealthy lifestyle with bad eating habits and lots of alcohol. It basically became a reset period for my body. Spend a few days on the couch, arise like Lazarus, feeling much better. In my 50s, my habits have improved considerably. The bouts have lessened considerably. But I'm still a little susceptible. Having recently been gifted COVID-19 by my lovely young son. As I slowly discover things about my body and about my habits the frequency of these things start to subside. I feel healthier now than I have at any time in the past 25 years. 
The important factor here is that I have significantly changed my habits. I exceed 6,000 steps every day, almost without fail. I swim four kilometers a week. I cycle a heart attack hill twice a week as part of my commute to class. I currently teach four hours of Qigong classes per week and have my own daily practice. Not bad as I gently approach 60 a year away. My weight needs dropping. It's a lifetime issue of my sugar habit is still there, but it's not too bad. I supplement regularly with omegas, high-dose vitamin C and the usual multi-minerals and vitamins. I have my blood tested three times a year to keep an eye on a slightly elevated cholesterol level, which never moves up but doesn't want to come down either. The point is that I'm aware. I think I'm much more aware than maybe 90% of the public. I realise that I might die of a heart attack before I finish this sentence but so far it looks like I'm going to make it. Okay, still here. On a recent teaching weekend, we unpacked the idea of stress. Now, my colleague John is a stress expert, having been through and recovered from his own journey. I posited the theory that the word stress was actually interchangeable with the phrase modern life. We looked deeper into that and John pointed out that there were good and bad stresses and that people's interpretation of a situation was what counted. What makes one person worry and then fall ill might be the driver for the next person to succeed. Another word wise person pointed out that stress has its flip side. We settled on safe and secure. It seems that stress is the motion and safe and secure is the stillness. Ah, yin and yang theory once again. <laughs> it works for everything. Almost. But maybe the entirety theory is for another day. There's so much written about placebos these days or essentially the power of belief. If you believe that I can heal you, there's an excellent chance that I will. In Jinen Qigong, however, we see the healer giving the healing to a patient as creating a dependency. It's a great financial model for healers and doctors, but it's not the best model for you. In Jinen Qigong, we teach people to heal the, yourself and give you the supporting belief that you can do it, whilst showing you many people who have already done it. I do believe that I can give you the structure, positivity and backbone to achieve this, but it's really up to you to complete the task, i.e. there is a place for healers to kickstart a journey and support along the way. But beyond that, people should be made independent, I feel. The current lifestyle model is a tricky one. Few of us are allowed enough time to look after ourselves. Few of us have enough resources to plough into the complex process of evaluating our food and our health. We put faith in supermarkets and governments to do the best for us. 
The real truth is that these organisations have their own self-interest at heart, not yours. Shareholders require profits. Governments need votes. Nobody wants to be lectured to by their government. Nobody in government has the power to go against big business and survive. So it goes on. We are poisoned for profit. And if you don't think that's true, check out the figures on sugar consumption over the past hundred years. Every constitution in the world holds a clause about freedom to choose vaccination or not. Yet we're seeing many countries start to force their citizens to put an experimental drug into their bodies. I had the vaccination. I felt I had no choice because I work with vulnerable people. After the Second World War, the Nuremberg Agreement, accepted worldwide, has this power to not be forced into medical procedures of any kind without uh, one's uh, own permission enshrined in it. It seems inevitable that big businesses will split society and family by pushing this agenda through. Doctors and politicians won't have the will to stand up to them. Who ultimately will look after you if it's not going to be you? The answer is nobody. If 100% of illness is caused by stress and the opposite to stress is stillness, where are you going to find that? Well, let's say that you sleep for eight hours per night and work for eight hours per day. Well, that seems like a nice balance. When you sleep, the body cleans and regenerates. When you work, the reverse. That leaves another eight-hour block unaccounted for. <sighs> um, so, four hours of rest and relaxation and a few hours of stress. When you commute to work and back, that probably accounts for two hours of stress. When you get home, the family needs feeding. The shopping has to be done. What about the laundry, the dog, the DIY? Well, you could slump on a sofa and watch the news and then some Swedish noir thriller about some horrific murderer who seems like a normal, well-balanced neighbour. Did you know that your brain can't tell the difference between fiction and reality? In an excellent placebo experiment, they discovered that they could inject Parkinson's patients with a very strong drug for four days only and, and see all the expected relief, and then continue to inject them with saline and achieve exactly the same results. If you watch war on TV, at some level your brain goes into high alert. Your brain can't tell that you're not in the thick of it. Try watching exciting TV and then going straight to sleep and tell me I'm not right. Even what you perceive 
to be relaxation is actually stress. I mean, we like roller coasters. A tiny bit of stress is fun, but that quickly drains out of the system. Do you bring the stress of the day home? Do you turn these events over in your head? Does the family cause more and more stress? And then the TV too. Hang on a second. What happened to the four hours of relaxation after work? Day after day, we overspend on the bank of Jeremy and never pay it back. My stress-fueled overdraft gets bigger and bigger. Eventually, my body's bank manager has to give me a call. I see his number and decide to let it go to the answer phone. I do that day after day, week after week. Months become years. Uh, my doctor gives me pills that mask the real truth. Then one day, the bailiffs come knocking at my door. They want to take away my liver. Are you listening? Are you actually listening? Nobody's out there coming to rescue you. There's only you. Many of my clients have unwound their problems with me, found some clarity and have designed a path to a new way of being. You know I suggest Qigong, but there are thousands of roads to the top of the mountain. There's only one maxim that really matters. Prevention is better than a cure. Act now before your body forces your hand. Is it worth working yourself to death? Would your children like you to do that? The pursuit of money is a difficult thing. A life lived simply is a life well lived. Seek simplicity, not complexity. Seek quiet and calm, not excitement. Find the middle way and all will be well. Remember, as you go about your life, don't lose your mind. Live consciously. I'm just publishing this idea here. It's a healing fund. If you've recently won the lottery, no, really, no Nigerian princes need apply. Or if you're Elon Musk or Richard Branston, I need a chunk of cash, please. We build a huge fund to which people can apply to help themselves on their healing journey. I hear it all too often. I have cancer. I have debts. I can't afford time off work to heal. Okay, I'll lend you six months of expenses to pay all your bills and enough for your alternative treatments. Sorry, there's no support for drugs companies here. Would £10,000 cover it? The money would be given with no strings. The suggestion would be that you could put in your will that eventually the fund should be paid back if possible, or that you could start to pay £10 a month when you're working again. It could be left entirely up to you. Maybe you'd eventually become well off and decide to give back £100,000 to help 10 other people on their journey. It's a pay-it-forward fund. It's time to give value 
to human life. It's time to give reward to alternative healers. It's time to motivate people to live conscious lives. This shift in mindset will go a long way to healing the woes of our planet. Elon, Richard, call me.